my first symptom was the beginning of March. Of course, I didn't think it was COVID. I thought I was having a heart attack. It's not anxiety because I am a performer and I do know performance anxiety. You know, this word anxiety can get thrown around, you know, as women, like, oh, it's anxiety. I'm not an expert on anxiety, but sometimes with the performance or with work, there is this feeling that you're jumping out of a plane or you're going to die, you know, kind of thing. So having said all that, I was aware that this feeling in my heart was very, very different. It was almost like lead. And I remember I kept banging my chest. And the next day I had a fever. Here we are. What is today? It's February 22nd. I still have a low-grade fever. I've had a low-grade fever for 90% of the time in the past 11 months. The 19th of March, the heart stuff wouldn't go away and it was getting worse and worse. But I was aware of the acceleration of the insanity that was around. And in any other time, I would have gone to the ER, but I was afraid I was going to get COVID. So I called my primary care doctor, but I couldn't get in touch with my doctor. So the assistant said, just go to urgent care. So I went to the urgent care and they said, we'll test you for flu. And if it comes back negative, assume you have COVID. We don't have enough COVID tests. You can't have the flu and COVID at the same time. And they did an EKG and they said, your heart's fine. And that was it. But the heart stuff was getting worse and worse. It was like one of those dolls that you stand up and they push you back down. Like I was getting out of bed in the morning and it was like, push you back down, like this weight. Then I felt electricity going across my chest. night, what would happen was I was laying in my bed and it felt like my heart was going to literally fly through my chest. It was the most terrifying thing. It was like I could hear it. I was like, is this what they mean by panic attack? And I would start walking up and down my hallway and I'd say, I'm not going to go. I'm not, shoot, I can't believe I'm crying. I'm not going yet. I'm not going yet. Um, Because I felt like I was dying. You know, I thought shortness of breath was like being at it, like, like that, but it was like lead. You know, I, I've had, you know, 20 years of yoga practice, you know, I know Jaya breathing. I've learned techniques and none of them worked. So call my doctor. I was just afraid to go to the ER because there were like these pictures of the hospitals, just, you know, war zones. So I was also going, wait, I'm not that bad because there was moments in the day where I was like, you know, I'm fine. Wait, was it in my head? Like, I'm fine. But there was a moment where I thought, I have to have faith in doctors. I have to have faith in the hospitals that they will protect me. I need care and help, and I'm worthy of getting that. I was scared to take a taxi because I was scared if I had it, that I was going to affect the taxi driver. I didn't want to call an ambulance because I was afraid of like alarming people because there are a few people that I called in my life and they kind of said, you're exaggerating. You're making it up inside of me, I knew this was really scary. So I walked to the emergency room and I was met by a really wonderful team of women and was quiet and they put me right in isolation. They treated me with such compassion and care 
and they said, you have an upper respiratory viral. They did an x-ray, it was all clear. They did heart levels, it was fine. They gave me a COVID test and they said, it's gonna take three to five days. And I knew, like I was like, there's no way I do not have this, you know? And they prescribed an inhaler, never been on one in my life, didn't even know how to use it. So I was scared shitless. I bought some masks from a flyer. Like I felt like a serious drug deal, you know, like, cause you couldn't get masks. The weird thing is, is the next day I got a phone call and they said, your test was negative. I was like, how is that possible? I didn't understand false negative tests. I didn't know that that was a thing. Plus the fact that they said it would be three to five days. And I said that to her, I said, this is weird. And she said, oh no, we have testing on site now. And I was like, okay, it just seemed off. And she said, well, there's a 30% false negative. And so we still think that you should quarantine. And I should have written it down. I should have said, could you please send that in writing? Because I ended up getting worse. It was like every single thing that's ever gone wrong in my body. I broke out in cold sores. I broke out in cystic acne on my back, which I haven't had since I was 24. I had had breast cancer five years ago and it was fine. It was DCIS. I did radiation. You know, I didn't have pain for four years and my breasts felt like it was on fire. The heart stuff was getting worse and worse and worse. You know, it was all sort of like snowballing. I was like, do I have full bone cancer now in my breast? What is going on? What was also weird at this time was my mind. I couldn't remember my lyrics. I was trying to play music and do online streaming because our whole industry shut down and all my shows got canceled and the play that I'd worked on for three years was canceled and, and that's okay. I'm used to being at work as an actor, you know, like you figure it out. But I couldn't pull my head up. I couldn't make the connection between the chords and my guitar. So I'm like, what's gone wrong in my body? I was stuttering. I mean, it's funny, but like I tried to call the bank from the calculator on my phone, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was on drugs. And so I'm like, is this because I haven't exercised in a month? And I was like embarrassed. So I went back to the ER in the middle of April. It was such a horrific experience. This young guy came in and he said, well, we think it's anxiety. He didn't test me. They didn't give me an EKG, absolutely nothing. And I said, excuse me, where, where do you get that? And he said, it's in your chart. And I said, I've never been diagnosed with anxiety in my life. Like, why is that in my chart to begin with? Then I asked to see the doctor. The doctor came in and he was even more condescending. He said, well, it's not COVID. You had a negative in your chart. And I said, they told me it was a false negative. He said, no, it's a hard negative. He said, it's anxiety. And I said, okay, I'm going to call my brother. He's a lawyer. I need this in writing. You've done no tests. I don't have anxiety. And even if I do, you're giving me no treatment. So after that, they did a quick turnaround and they said, okay, well, since we're not busy, we'll give you a CT scan. And then they gave me an EKG. I felt like I was a criminal. Sorry, no disrespect to criminals, but it was such a demoralizing, horrific experience. So the CT was clear and then they put on the discharge papers, anxiety. So I left, I, I walked home, I was just shattered. And I called actually a psychiatrist and he said, no, it's not anxiety. So then I saw another cardiologist and he said it was anxiety. 
this is what happens with women and of course people of color. It was just very traumatizing and, and sort of putting me more and more as like this victim rather than anything that empowered me. But after that, I started Googling. I was like, what is wrong with me? And I found that there was other people and that there was an online community called Body Politic. And so I went on that and I signed up and read all these stories of all these people from all over the world who were experiencing the same thing. To get that was great. And so I was really sort of invigorated to be part of that advocacy, but I was still getting sicker. I have learning stuff to begin with. So it was easy for some of the neurological things to escape me because I have to overcome them in my day-to-day life anyway. And I lost my voice. So that really compounded everything where it was really, really bad. And I feel like, you know, metaphorically, it was like I was losing my voice because I started to have to scream to be heard. It didn't really feel like anyone was hearing me. I was being referred to therapists, you know, to work on the feelings. I have a new, I have a new saying now and I'm gonna make some merch. <laughs> I don't need a therapist, I need an assistant. And I think that's true with every single woman on this planet. You know, women who are working from home homeschooling and being told they need therapy, they don't, they need an assistant. You know, men are born at third base and someone bunts, you know what I mean? You know, women, we're like building the bat, you know what I mean? We're like making the ball. It's hard to be vulnerable and ask for help because I was asking for help and the help was being put back on me to get well. And so I had really had to get honest and be like, I'm not well and I need help. And also because I needed help with so much, it was hard to be specific of knowing what I need because I was like almost like I needed everything. So I had to kind of surrender and lay in bed and watch comedies because I have nothing to prove. I don't need to prove this to anybody. I don't need to prove that this is what I have. Because still in appointments, they say, you know, how do you know you have it? What if it's something else? Like, even I did have anxiety. So I have to be well to be sick. You know, where did I lose my power in the beginning? So it has to come to ultimate faith that my body knows how to heal itself, to put my faith in the extraordinary. But there's sometimes at three in the morning when the vibrations are going through my body and I can't get a breath. And it's like, who do I have no one to call? But putting some of it on social media and having a girl in Sweden text me in the middle of the night because she can't breathe, you know, and it's just that someone's on the other end. I can't cure it, but I can share my experience. You know, I went from begging to live to almost wanting to die because it seemed, I was, oh my God, this is so heartbreaking. I was so worthless that no one cared to kind of help. But it's like, no, 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 no. You're not alone. You're not alone. You know, it's a time to listen and heal. You don't need to entertain anybody right now. Nothing's going anywhere.